Welcome to Lab Chats Podcast, presented by the Football Lab Soccer School. My name is Riccardo, an Italian coach living in California. Thank you for joining my journey. Ciao. Okay, about three years ago, I was uh, uh, waiting uh, to find my football lab spot and I was training in a, in a country field. It was a very cold November uh, I was waiting to find that space. Uh, on that field, another team of young players, young girls, they were training. And uh, as I was going in, a lady approached me. Uh, I didn't know her, but she knew me somehow. And uh, we started talking, very, very nice lady. And she told me, she, her younger daughter was playing on this field that I was trying to train, but she had an older daughter, uh, very committed, very driven, very passionate about the game, but something was missing. And so and this lady uh, asked me if I, would, um, if I would have liked to train her. I said, of course, at first I'm, I'm still looking for my space, but of course, as soon as I, I, I I find the space, I'm more than happy to help her. Few months later, I found my space, Rebecca show up. Okay, what do you remember about that first training that we had? Well, I remember I was kind of nervous at the beginning because it was, I didn't know who you were. My mother was the one who met you first and it was just that mutual kind of connection. So I was like, oh, I don't know how he's going to be, but you know, as soon as I started training, I was like, oh, yes, he definitely knows what he's doing. I'm definitely going to gain a lot out of this. <laughs> so what I remember uh, was uh, what I call, I call a quiet leader. I, I, I learned when I was in Italy, there are about three different kinds of leaders. There's the vocal leader, the one that talks. The social leader, who is like a, a lot of times is the player that jokes around, the one that everybody likes. And then yeah. there's a quiet leader who speaks with facts, who works so much and works so hard and so passionately that everybody's following. That's, that was my impression the first time that I, we started training. You're a quiet leader. Um, and then I remember a player fast, so fast, too fast and strong. Despite your size, you're not a big player, you're not a top player, but strong, so strong, too strong. And these too fast and too strong were becoming a problem because you had trouble to actually control the ball and do whatever you wanted with the ball. So what we really had to do was not to add stuff, but to, to take off stuff in order to, to balance your touch with your physical attributes. You remember that? Yes, I had such a heavy touch, especially on the wall over there. <laughs> yeah. The wall is real, exposes you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I am, we, we trained for quite a while. I don't remember how many, maybe a year, a little over a year. And you go so better, so fast, that if I don't remember, if I remember correctly, from the second team that you were in your uh, club in Sacramento, one of probably the top club in Sacramento for the girls. Mm -hmm. From the second team, you got to the first team, mm -hmm. right? Once you got to the first team, I think you started your, your successful journey, right? Yeah. Uh, then uh, we, you stopped training with me for a while and then you came back uh, after a few, a few months uh, ago. 
So tell me a little bit about that that window that you were on the first team, but I didn't see you for a while. So when I was on the first team, I had this really amazing coach who really helped me become the player that I am mm -hmm. today. And for a while, you know, I was really new to that team. And with that team especially, it was all the same players who have been with each other for so long. So yeah. it was kind of like... It's hard. It's a yeah. new player in an old group. Yeah, exactly. And it's basically like a given, like the starting people are already there. So after a while, I was like, you know, I'm here. I feel like I can be good on this team. But after a while, it's just like they still play like the same players and stuff like that. Yeah. So it kind of like made me lose my confidence, I guess you could say mm -hmm. in a way. And especially I knew that I wanted to go to a college here locally, not a D1 mm -hmm. type where that team, you need okay. those players go to like D1. Yes. So just my family just reflected like, we don't really need to be going all the way over there playing at this high level if you just want to be at a D2 yeah, here yeah. locally. So we came back to some local teams and the local teams that I came back to really helped build my confidence back Bad, up, yeah. you know, trying different things on the field. And then I was on that team. Then we even tried some futsal. Yeah, yeah. Even got in contact with the coach that I will be going to yeah, next yeah. fall. Okay, okay. And then now I'm where I'm at today. Good. Yeah. In the yeah. end, look, this teaches one thing that happiness is different from everybody. If you are such a higher level, but you're not happy, it's yeah. just very good to just drop a little bit and be happy. It's totally fine. Yeah. Are you ready to warm up? Yes. Name? Rebecca Sobrevia. Favorite number? My favorite number is 25. Favorite sport? Soccer. Second favorite sport? I would say... I don't really watch other sports, <laughs> but maybe like baseball. Okay. Favorite activity outside of soccer? I it can be any creative activity. Yeah, this is probably going to sound so bad for an athlete, but I just love binge watching movies with my family <laughs> and okay, TV shows. I had a player answering eating. Oh, <laughs> so that's that's another one. That's <laughs> um, favorite player, professional player. I I have many favorite players, but I would probably say Megan Rapino okay. is my favorite. Okay, name three famous professional clubs. Okay. Men so, or women? Men or women. Okay, so there's for women Houston Dash, Portland Thorns, and Seattle Rain. Okay. Name three famous professional Italian club. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> At least one. The most famous Cristiano's club. Oh, uh, is it Juventus, right? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know it was Italian. <laughs> Name three, three famous professional players. Men or women? Um, Messi, Ronaldo, and Mbappe. Okay. Favorite school subject? My favorite school subject is actually leadership. I'm yeah. in leadership, yeah. Um, favorite music genre? Pop music. Do you speak any other language other than English? I can understand Spanish, okay. and then me speaking it is kind of rough but yeah <laughs> do you know any italian words ciao <laughs> you know you didn't know you didn't know okay do, would you like me to teach you another italian word other than ciao sure which, which word how do you oh no 
How do you just say like how are you doing in Italian? Come stai? Oh, it's kind of like Spanish. Come stai is very similar. Okay, como stai? <laughs> come stai. Oh, come stai. Perfect. Do you feel warmed up? Yeah. Rebecca, why soccer? Why you play soccer? Well, when I was little, I actually played multiple store, uh, sports. Like, you know, I'm rec league in my city, Livingston. And I just remember that soccer was the one sport that I actually really, really enjoyed playing. I had so much fun doing it. And I remember it came to a point where my parents were like, oh, you can choose which one you want to do travel if you want to. And I was like, no question about it. Definitely soccer because I just had so much playing it. Okay, so it, it, it was kind of you asking them after you tried a, a different sports. Yeah, you asked yeah, my basketball career didn't go really well. <laughs> <laughs> how, how old were you when you started? I think I started like just playing in general when I was four. And then I started playing travel soccer when I was eight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what position do you play? I play all midfield. Well, not the wing midfield, but all central midfield. Six, eight, ten. I think my favorite one is probably the ten. Okay, so yeah. that's your favorite position. Yeah. Do you play often in your favorite position, or you're do you kind of? I'm kind of mixed all around. Like sometimes mid game they'll just change me up. Okay. Sometimes. I'll start as the 10 or sometimes I'll even be the 6. Mm -hmm. I like the 6. Yeah. It's very important, I think, uh, for a midfielder to be able to play all the midfielder mm -hmm. positions. It's so useful for a, for a coach to be able to uh, feel the needs of the team. So mm -hmm. it's, it's good. Of course, everybody has a favorite, but it's very important to, to play all of them. What is the most exciting thing about a game for you? I think the most exciting for me, especially if it's like really high level game or like championship, finals, playoffs, it's just the high intensity and energy even from like the crowd and then just like all the pressure. Mm -hmm. I don't know, sometimes people don't like the pressure, but I feel like the pressure just makes me want to play even better. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's, imp that's so nice. Yeah, some, yeah. some players unluckily uh, in Italy, <laughs> we call them Thursday's players because they're amazing in the scrimmage of the Thursday night but then under pressure in the game they crumble they they can't make right decision uh, so it's fuel for you the pressure yeah even like sometimes even if I know someone's gonna come watch me that I know like I invited them to come watch then it just gives me that extra like oh I need to do good like nice to show yeah how much winning influence how you feel about your own performance let me explain Let's say your team is, uh, is having a great performance and your team wins, but you had a very bad game. How do you feel? To be honest, if in that case, I would take that game personally to me as a loss because if I didn't contribute anything to the overall win, then for me personally, it's like a loss and then I need to reflect on what I can do better forthcoming the next games to be a contributing factor to a win yeah and what about the opposite so let's say your team is losing but you have fantastic game how do you feel well to be honest i actually feel great yeah <laughs> i'm not saying that winning or losing is like not important because it is and that's the overall objective of the game but the real part especially in competitive soccer is developing yourself as a player and if I do good in the game, I'm going to take that as a win 
for myself. Yeah, it is. It's a yeah. personal win. Yeah. That's why I, I stress so much individual development at, your, at a younger age. Because it's an individual <coughs> game somehow. Uh, it's uh, like we were talking before. A college recruit one player. A scout, a national scout picks one, two players. So it's very important to, to take the, the, the personal uh, side of the game or your personal game very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, w- y- y- you always been like that or it kicked in a little later in your, in your journey? Like when you got a little older, you start being like that? Or yeah. also when you were younger, you felt that way? I feel like at the beginning, probably my soccer career, it, nothing was really like serious. It was just more, I'm here just to have fun. If I do bad, like, oh, well, That's, I'm yes. just here to play and be social with yes. friends. Yes. But once I got more serious into travel, then it's like, oh, okay, I really need to start taking this more seriously. Yeah. And actually, Also because yeah. it involved a lot of sacrifice from yes. you, from your family. Yes, exactly. Like, um, me and my dad were actually talking about this the other day, is that training, like extra trainings and even club fees, it's all money and you have to make sure you get your money's time, money worth. Absolutely, it has to be worth. Absolutely, absolutely. Just to, just to give an idea, how much you, how long was your traveling, uh, from where you live to the Sacramento club, the, the very, the high, the highest level girls club that I probably know in that area? So we would go to practice three times a week and sometimes even on the weekends for games okay. and it would be around I would say like two hours probably with traffic if it was bad two hours to go and two to come back yeah so it's four hours yeah oh, three four times a week and remember um, the, the home games were there yeah the away games they were probably fired yes. right yes I think we had one game out of the whole time I was there that was actually close in Turlock <laughs> it was a state cup game and I was like oh my god like yeah, this is a home so game good. for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a home game exactly so yeah you have to make your money and your time and your sacrifice work at one point how do you stay motivated during the days you just don't want to train so especially right now during quarantine oh. And there's not like, you know, given practices. So you have to do a lot by yourself, even if you don't have like the energy to do it because you just want to lay in bed all day or something. But you just, I just think to myself, like, I have to do this to make sure that I am going to be the best that I can be. There's obviously other players out there that also train on their own and what I can do to try to be better than them or even at the same level. That's just what keeps me going. Like I need, like, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, let me ask you one thing. Uh, in the, in, especially in your traveling uh, time, when you were traveling uh, to the Sacramento area, how hard it was for you to not be your age? What do I mean? Is not oh, be a, a girl of your age. Yeah. Like, you are, no, I can't, I can't go out with uh, my friends because I have practice. Uh, I can't be, stay up late on a Saturday because I have a game night. How hard was yeah, that? Yeah, no. I know. Well, at first it was kind of difficult, and even like just throughout that whole time, it was like hard. But I kind of got used to it. Towards the end, it was just like, oh, my friends knew. Oh, she has practice, like you know. But I would miss. I stopped going to Sacramento right, I uh, like at the end of my freshman year, beginning sophomore. So like that whole first year, even though I was in leadership, I still missed out on like all the after school activities like all the games like homecomings mm-hmm. i remember not going to my first homecoming because i had a game on a friday which was weird because we usually don't have games on fridays but yeah even just like 
not going out to parties or whatever. But honestly, it was okay. I was fine with it. Yeah, I remember for me also it was hard, but it was I, it wasn't hard. It wasn't sacrifice yeah. because you have other goals. Yeah, know? like I see my friends during school, and I think like that's I, that's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a student of the game, or you're just a player of the game? You're one of those players that love to understand the game and know and, and gain knowledge about the game, or you just coach, tell me what I do, and I'll do it. Well, going back to what I said earlier about like, and like when I first started out being not serious, I, probably then I would say it was just like, oh, I'm just gonna play, like just put me in and anywhere, and I'll just do what I do. <laughs> But as as I got older, it's just watching games, especially and like breaking down different things. It really not just for me to understand what's going on of what I'm watching, but it helps me break it down for when I'm playing and then knowing specific things, tactical, technical yeah, abilities. Yeah, yeah. Is your uh, your family, the, they love watching games, right? If I remember correctly, I'm not much. Well, my dad actually, he likes golf. He really he likes, likes golf, watching golf. That, yeah. But he actually really does like watching me. I know sometimes I have my own highlight videos on YouTube okay, okay. and sometimes I'll just watch him watching that in his yeah, room yeah. he he likes watching me play okay. and he's actually even though he has no soccer background he's pretty smart about the game and he could be like a coach probably like he's had some lower level coaches like hey do you want to like help coach yeah. he's like no <laughs> but yeah uh, the, you know one of the most uh, probably yeah one of the top three italian coach ever uh was in the 80s 90s he, he coached milan He won everything with Milan. That team was probably one of the best team ever in history. He never played. Never played yeah. himself. Or, I mean, never, he probably did play, actually. He did play, but such a low level, almost amateur yeah. level, that you wouldn't consider him a player. Yeah, I think he probably just watched so much and learned so much that he was just able to... He understands. Student. Yeah. Like, for who is listening, his name is Arrigo Sacchi. Go watch his Milan. AC Milan, Arrigo Sacchi, one of the best team in football history. What's your last bit, uh, thought before a game? Try if, to go back when yeah. you had games. Yeah, I haven't played a game in yeah. a while, but um, if there's always different thoughts, depending like if I know someone on the other team, or even if it's just like, oh, I know it's a really good team, it just really depends. But I just know that before, when I step on the field, I just look around, look at everyone, and just try to be quiet into myself and just think like, okay, I this is what I got to do at, in this game, and this is how I'm going to do it. And just like really try to calm my nerves down and focus. Yeah, you have you, you kind of plan your game in your head? Yeah. A little bit? Especially if I do know other people, because then I'll know how they play or know like... Yeah, how they play. New other people, you mean uh, opponents, you know opponents, how they play? How yes, because okay. I've been on so many different teams and I've played with so many different people. Cross. I've crossed paths multiple times. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have any secret, lucky, superstitious rituals before the game? I wouldn't call them superstitious, but I do have like, like traditions that I do. Before every practice in games, I would listen to this one specific song that it's kind of like if I say what it is, Sign of the Times by Harry Styles. It's like a really like mellow song, but it ends off on like a high. Mm -hmm. And it's just like that would like calm me down and then bring me up to a high. Like I would listen to that and then 
people think I'm crazy for this, but before before games and at halftime, I eat peach cups. They're like these little mm-hmm. cups with peaches in mm-hmm. it, and I'll just eat the whole thing. And people are like, how can you even eat right now? And I'm like, oh, right this now. gives me a little boost of energy, like the sugar or whatever. And it became a uh, ritual. Yes, <laughs> I've probably done that for a couple years at least. It started in Sacramento, and then I even did it in my high school seasons. And so people were like, oh, let me try that. Of course, I'll let them try it then. It doesn't, now, doesn't work for them. Yeah, but now with COVID, I, oh, I'm not gonna right, share. It's, right. it's just worked for you, though. It's yeah. your thing. It's not. I don't think it's what you're eating. It's the the the, it's the, the, the meaning, thought. the meaning, the meaning of the gesture that you're doing. That yeah. something clicks in your head. Now that's that was the the funny side of the question. The a little bit more serious side of the question is how actually do you find focus? before game and that could be a way like a a physical gesture you do but how do you find focus so i think finding focus really goes not just before the game but the day before like the day before eating correctly make sure you eat good i usually like to eat pasta the day before um going to bed on time making sure you get good hours of sleep especially if it's like an early game you have to go to bed early so that also like not going out the day before like if you're going out somewhere far just chilling at home, making sure you're resting up for the next day. Then when I get there, I just, like I said, listen to my song, Eat My Peach yeah, Cups. Yeah. <laughs> but there, yeah. there you have your ritual. Yeah, yeah, that helps. And then when I get there, I don't really like messing around, even in practice. Like, I don't like joking around. Like, I'm there to play. So it just... I can tell from the yeah, training, yeah. When I'm there, like, when I get there, get my stuff on, my shoes, my shin guards. And then just, like, really... Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I have an alarm on my phone, so I know when to get into class. I'm sorry. Go, go, go. You can cut it. Okay. I lost my thought. But <laughs> so basically, like, when I get there, I just really focus on, like, what I need to do for that yeah. game. And just really lose everything else that's happening. School, whatever, gone. It's focusing yeah. on soccer now. So are you, are you a player that, and you kind of answer already a little bit. Uh, are you a player that focus as you get closer to the game or like the day before you already are kind of thinking about the next day and because some players they they want to think of anything but the game until like an hour earlier an hour before now they are into it mentally so you are a player that starts the process a yeah. earlier huh yeah i like prepping the day before definitely yeah. i would say probably in the car like i don't really well, me and my dad or family member, whoever's in the car, will talk about the game. Yeah. But then I'll also just, like, kind of relax, listen to music. And then once I get there, start the focus yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much soccer, in your vision, is an individual sport within the team sport? I really think it's more individual than people would assume or think one player can't make a whole team. So if one player is really, really good, they're not going to win the game for everyone because every person individually has to put in their time and effort and work off the field and even at practice, just not goofing around, making sure you're serious and focused to make sure that when you all play together, that every like the whole team will play good if all the players do what they're doing. I know my dad said something that I actually really liked in regards to this that it's like playing an instrument. If you're playing an instrument, you have to do really good. And then when you do a symphony, it's, if one person is bad because they didn't practice, it throws everything off. So it really, you just have to work individually to make sure you're successful as a team. 
It's really interesting yeah. you mentioned this because I know I don't know if your dad read this, but you know that coach that I mentioned before, Arrigo yeah. Sacchi, yeah. used to uh, have the same example. Oh, really? He, he called Actually. it an orchestra. Yeah, my dad has no idea what that so is. So it's uh, he used to say in interviews and when explaining his ideas and his system that the team is like an orchestra. If every instrument, they're not just playing at the same time on their own. Mm -hmm. They have to play together at the same time with the right notes. But first thing, everybody has to play well, their own mm -hmm. instrument. Otherwise, the music is not perfect. Yeah. In order to have a perfect music, everybody has, a, has to uh, play a perfect uh, instrument uh, uh, tune. You know, that's yeah. interesting. You, you know. <laughs> that tells me your dad your <laughs> has some knowledge. What are you learning from soccer? What are uh, soccer is teaching you in life, though, off the field? Yeah, so like I said before, I've been on so many different teams. I think I've this is my ninth team that I'm currently on. And especially with like the bigger clubs, I think I went in and out of like three different teams, played with a lot of different players. And I think it's just taught me to like be able to interact with different people, different personalities, know how to just like be social with them like I am one of the quietest ones wherever you put me I am quiet but it just I'm not afraid to go to different places mm -hmm. I'm just there to like you know play yeah. but this can relate to like real life because you can just put me in any situation yes I'll be a little quieter but I won't be uncomfortable it's a me. it's a fantastic uh, uh, ability skill mm -hmm. to have I'm similar very similar I'm very easy adjustable. You can adapt to anything. Yes. And then you put that quality on field. Oh, it's really important. Mm -hmm. You can adapt to any situation. And in life, you can adapt to any situation. So nurture that. Yeah. That it's so important, like you said, in life. Yeah, because I feel like some people, in the soccer aspect, but maybe in real life too, I'm not sure how they are. But if they're new to some team because they've been on, around certain people for such a long time they won't be comfortable yep. and then it affects their playing yeah absolutely so, yeah. i agree and let me reinforce that because right now actually i'm training uh a few teammates several teammates i would say of yours mm -hmm. and literally everybody when i told them oh i started training rebecca again everybody told me oh rebecca is so nice it's so easy to play with her everybody no matter and they told me it's so easy it's so it's so yeah it's so easy that's 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 the, the most common answer that tells me it's easy to play on the field and it's easy to also deal with and that's exactly what we're saying because you're able probably to adjust and adapt to the person that you have uh, around so that's that's a very very uh, well thank you to those who said that <laughs> several not just one all of them all the ones that i trained they told me that and there are like six five six so definitely they love you <laughs> Uh, what tell me one thing that you like one thing that you hate about the game What okay, this is probably I don't know if a lot of people don't like this about the game The only thing I don't like is probably playing a different climate because it really affects like your performance Like for me, I feel like I do better in the cold compared to the heat yeah. Like when I, I that's just how I am as a person. I prefer like cold over heat and I just feel like you really have to prepare differently depending on the climate. Like, if it's in the heat, you have to, like, hydrate like crazy. You have to drink, yeah. Yeah. And then if you're in the cold, you have to just make sure you stretch 
really good because your muscles are gonna get super tight. So I would just say probably like the climate, like you know. Yeah, playing in yeah. A, not a climate that you don't. Different like. weathers, no. rain, whatever. Um, something I really like going back to being like adaptable is just really socializing with different people because I've learned so much from different people, teammates, coaches. Being able to take that experience yeah. and bringing it to another team and just like keeping that as something I can learn for my own game. You can get rich yeah. from everybody. Yeah. Steal a little bit. One thing that you love and one thing that you hate about training itself. I would say training again with like the climate. The like climate yeah, yeah, if it's like really hot day and you know you need to train, it's just it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like going especially like running. Oh yeah, probably that. Yeah. And then what I love training is that if you're especially if you're doing it on your own, you get to like do like create what you want to do and work on specific areas that you know you need to work on compared to if you're just going to practice and it's like given set yeah. and stuff. So I, I like that, like the flexibility part of that. Yeah, you have to be very self aware for that though. Because yeah. if you're not self aware or honest with yourself, mm -hmm. uh, you you can recognize, okay, I'm lacking in this area. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to be really self-aware. <clears throat> what was the, the highest point of your young career? And what was your lowest point of your career? I can start off by saying I think the lowest point of my career, like I mentioned earlier, was um, getting getting to the highest team, the ECNL team in Sacramento. That was definitely, like at first, like great. Like I got to where I wanted to be. But then when I said, like, you know, they already have kind of, like, a set team. You lost the confidence yeah. a little bit. So. Yeah, so that was probably, like, one of the, the lowest, lowest points, just losing confidence. I would say probably one of the highest is <laughs> committing to go play in college because ultimately that was my goal. Yeah. And just knowing that I was that much closer to reaching it was definitely such a great moment. <laughs> it's a big reward. Yeah. It's a big reward. And it goes back to be happy, what we were saying before. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you have to re reassess what really makes you happy. Yes. Depending on what's your goal. That's why it's so important to have goals. Yeah. I think when, when, when I train a little younger players, there's a certain age when they're really good um, uh, that I actually ask them and I want them to write down, okay, it's time to get your goal down now. What's your goal? Why we're doing this? Uh, it's important that you set up your goal. How do you deal, and how did you deal in the past, with doubts and fears? So, going in with like the confidence, it's easy to like lose confidence, but hard to get it back. And especially if you have different scenarios and different people who make you doubt yourself, definitely lose confidence. So, just working on getting the confidence back, especially in like trainings, trying stuff out, because trainings really is like the place where if you make a mistake, you don't really take it hard. But just trying to build up the confidence, and then once you do get back the confidence, just all the maybe like parents on the field like telling you like just bad things, mm -hmm. just trying to shut them out yeah. as much as I can. There's a difference between people giving you constructive criticism for like things they actually want you to work on, but. Um, compared to them actually doing it with like Try to intent, yeah. So just taking the feedback of those who really do mean it and the ones who I know like, um, like this isn't it. <laughs> just like block 
kind of yeah. the route. Yeah, 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 absolutely. One battle that I've been fighting these years is trying to uh, having not just parents, honestly, also coaches and players, especially. Yeah. Understand that confidence doesn't come from winning or losing. No. Confidence is something that is coming from your ability to to be sure to be st- uh, uh, sure of your skill of your abilities, personal ability, and be absolutely uh, comfortable with those. So more your skills and more security you have your own ability, and more your confidence goes up. Even yes. if, like you said, people, other people start talking not good, it doesn't yeah. matter because you know what you're capable yes. of. And it's something else. I think a lot of times confidence is very confused with, oh, we need confidence, we need to win. No, no, no. Because mm-hmm. like if, we said earlier, if you play bad, you still win. Exactly. It doesn't really make a contributing factor to how you actually play. It's a, men- it's a mental state, mm-hmm. I think, confidence. Okay, what's a story? It can be a soccer story. It can be any story. Uh, that influenced your career as a player so that you hear or you read or you came across this story and something really clicked in your head I wouldn't necessarily say it's a story but I remember when I really got serious and started making goals was actually in middle school I think I was going into my seventh grade year when it was the 2015 World Cup and just watching like the women's national team just made me realize oh my god like that looks so fun, especially like at that point I was like, oh my god, they like won the whole thing. They just keep winning. Like they, the chemistry they just have with each other, it's just like that looks so fun. And mm-hmm. I just want to like play at a high level, even though like not national level, but just like that's when I realized I wanted to play in college at least. I want a piece yeah. of that. Yeah. <laughs> I want yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh, definitely. It's, and they know. I feel the women, they realize the, the I watch. Not all, not often as uh, as men, I have to say, but I, I watch the women's play, mm-hmm. and I have a feeling that women's they are more aware what kind of role model they are for the mm-hmm. youngers players, especially women. Yeah, men's a lot of times they don't. <laughs> they yeah, should they don't more. They don't yeah. realize. They should mm-hmm. be more aware of how how much importance they have in their young life of, of younger kids. So it, it's good that just watching that, you, you've, you've got inspiration. So we just mentioned here and there, uh, you mentioned here and there about your commitment to college. So yeah. tell a little bit, elaborate a little bit more on what's your next chapter now. So I verbally committed last November to CSU Stanislaus here in Turlock. And I'm actually going to sign <laughs> very rec- uh, like very soon. And... I just, my goal has always been to play college soccer. And now that I'm starting to like transition over into that actually happening, I just, my plans and goals right now is just to make sure that I'm ready for it. Getting into the proper college shape, making sure that I'm like physically and mentally ready for it. And then hopefully we actually do get to play I know. because of coronavirus. Yeah, I know, I know. Hopefully soon you actually. But I think it would be nice, you know, to like maybe start even my fr- as a freshman, uh, just get as much as I can experience wise, and yeah. I think also it'd be good for you to to live that the the environment, the atmosphere of mm-hmm. that of that level. At that point. Yeah, it's going to be something different that you you never experienced before. Now I never played college because we don't really have that system in, mm-hmm. in Italy, in Europe. 
but I, uh, I was lucky to play at higher level and the atmosphere is different. So I, I guess the college would be similar. What do you, what do you daydream about it? What, where do you see yourself? Try to close your eyes and see, okay, this is what I see for my next chapter. This is, I see myself doing this. I see myself in this situation. Well, I always talk about like, this is like a goal. Like if it takes certain steps to get there, but like the ultimate goal is maybe like getting like a first team or something for like the league of college. And of course with that, I have to like, you know, play well so then I can start and play like a good amount of minutes so then I can even reach that goal. So yes, it takes steps, but that's like one thing that I envision like, oh, that would be super cool mm -hmm. to do. That's good. That's important to keep visioning, yeah. keep seeing it, keep dreaming it because if you put the right amount of work, mm -hmm. it will happen. Yeah. Training, train your mind to, mm -hmm. to already live that somehow. Mm -hmm. It will happen. Rebecca, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for your attitude. Uh, I have to tell you one thing. From the beginning, from the beginning that we start training and also right now, uh, it's players like you with your mentality, with your attitude that push me to be a better coach because I want to put you in trouble. <laughs> so, and I always try to new ways to, to, to challenge you. And the, and the fact that from the very first time we train, it doesn't matter how, how much struggle you were having, you kept hammering that training and keep going and keep going. Make mistakes, it doesn't matter. I keep going, I keep going. Uh, and the completely openness and trust that you gave me from the very first day uh, definitely uh, showed me that, that I had to exchange. I have to give you completely trust and, and, and believe in you completely because you are believing me completely. So I have to thank you for that, for that your attitude in every training you had. And uh, I want to celebrate. First, I'm looking forward to know from you as soon as you get to play, uh, how, how is it going? And then I want to celebrate the quiet leaders today because a lot of times I feel, in the US especially, I feel, in Italy it's a little different, but in the US, the leader is celebrated the vocal leader, the leader that talks, that is loud, that is... And a lot of times I feel that the quiet leaders uh, are, are underrated. Mm -hmm. I think facts and action speaks way more than words. Now, is it important to also the, 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 the vocal part? Absolutely, yes. My opinion is way more important than the, the actions. So I want to celebrate that and uh, keep being like you are because uh, I, I, your teammates love you and uh, that mentality, that attitude will, will bring you to more and more uh, accomplishments um, and more knowledge because it's clearly a mindset that, uh, like you said before, you, you, you get rich from uh, enriched from everybody and that would just make you good in life you will make you better and better in whatever you want to do in life so uh, thank you for bringing the quiet leader up and forward <laughs> well thank you for being such a supportive trainer and having me like you know coaching me and thank you for having me <laughs> absolutely absolutely we'll look for the follow-up as soon as you find a starter plan <laughs> okay. thank you thank you the beautiful game is where everything starts and everything ends. 
This journey is made of personal stories, creative ideas, regular unique people, and real experiences. Lab Chats is made of training and coaching alchemies, and the aspect that influenced the science and art of coaching the beautiful game. And in the end, the journey reveals itself as the real reward.